Easter is a glorious season. I like to call Easter Sunday Super Sunday. Because it deals with a super idea. Which essentially is the super self of each of us. I know that traditionally Easter has not involved too much of us. We have overlooked the fact that one of the main things that Jesus said in the garden before the tomb, talking to Mary Magdalene, Mary had talked to him and he said, cease clinging to me. Don't hold on to me. It's one of the things that we've completely overlooked. Because so much of our Christian tradition is based on holding on to Jesus. That's because we've been so wrapped in holding on to him. Easter has been a matter of crucifixion and resurrection, which many folks have looked upon as sort of memorial day for Jesus. We miss the whole idea of the Christian, the Easter story. As we see it as dealing with one person, with you. It's not about death and life. It's about light, awakening. Resurrection deals not just with the raising of Jesus from the tomb. The releasement of the divine possibilities within all of us. Awakening a new awareness of the dynamic self within us, which we sometimes call the Christ within. There's a lovely Chinese aphorism that I've become very close to. I like to sort of put it into the record on our Easter Sunday each year. It says, If you keep in your heart a green bough, I've heard there will come one day to stay a singing bird. If you keep in your heart a green bough, dealing with the image, imagination, and faith. An image of something great about yourself. Something of the depth within you. Something of the overcoming possibility of you. Keep this image in your heart. And it will come one day to stay a singing bird, symbolizing the beautiful truth of the depth in you coming alive. Sing Hosanna's glorious anthems of praise. I've always had the belief, perhaps naive, because it goes back to my early years, the belief that on Easter something wonderful should happen to every person who's open and receptive to the renaissance of spring. Can you believe that something wonderful is happening to you? The interesting thing is, if you believe that something wonderful is going to happen to you today, and something wonderful has already happened, because you've entertained the vision of it, perhaps the image of it, perhaps the faith in it. It's interesting that in the city today, in cities throughout the land, throughout the Western world, there are two celebrations going on that kind of coincide this year. They change each year according to the movable seasons. Christianity and Judaism are dealing with their own special concepts of this season of the year. 
It's interesting that most of the world has not yet come to realize there's a crying need for this realization. In Christianity and Judaism, simply dialogues, dialects, in the great truth of oneness. Certainly traditionalists within Judaism and Christianity tend to hold on to separations and differences. How good it would be if we could accept the true idea of likenesses. There's so much likenesses within this concept. The Jewish Passover was originally a spring festival of Massoth that prevailed in Canaan when the Israelites arrived. They simply adopted it and adapted it to their own experience and tradition. It was a gala feast of thanksgiving for the resurrection process in nature, which they correlated with the great idea of the passing of the angel of death over their homes, the doors of which had been smeared with blood of the lamb so that their young were spared. And the Christian observance of Easter is also an adaptation of the festival of spring it prevailed in the lands conquered by the Holy Roman Empire. The word Aostre is the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring. All the Easter symbols which we think are so much a part of Christianity, the Easter bunny, the Easter eggs, the lovely practice of dressing in spring finery, all these had an origin that far antedates Christianity and the festivals of spring. The same roots from which the Jewish Passover has come. The symbols differ. There's a dialect of distinction but the principle is one. The processes did not originate with Jesus or with Moses. What Jesus did was fulfill the eternal secret in a personal overcoming. It was a demonstration of a process that was just as certain as the, as the lilies of the field. Historically, the Easter story is simple and oft told. Putting it most simply, an itinerant preacher had come to the big city to spread his gospel. Because he was a threat to both church and state, he was arrested on trumped-up charges. After a mock trial, he was taken out to a high hill. And along with two common thieves, he was crucified. Of course, it was supposed that this would be the end of him. Actually, it was only the beginning. For after three days, they found the stone of his tomb rolled away, and many of ensuing appearances confirmed that he had, in fact, risen from the dead. So today, throughout the Christian world, people are saying, he has risen, he has risen, tell it out with joyful voice. His burst is three days prison, let the whole wide earth rejoice. Unfortunately, Easter has had everything to do with Jesus and little or nothing to do with you and me. It's a supreme miracle in, in a religion of many mysteries. These people have been made to see, see without, except without reason. A young person was asked to define religion in Sunday school. The religion is believing what ain't so. Many of us have had to put our intellects and the logical power of our minds back in the back of our minds to accept something that we believe in conscience ain't so. The resurrection deals with a process that is inexorably a part of the universe, from the electron to the supernova, from the amoeba to a human being. The problem is we've had to swallow the dictionary without first learning our ABCs. The key to understanding Easter is the resurrection principle. It's what I call the Promethean urge. In Job, Eliphaz says, when they cast thee down, they shall say there is lifting up. In other words, in every experience, there is help or healing for you. 
There's growth and overcoming. There's justice and order and peace and fulfillment. Human life has what philosophers call an unexplained over-endowment of mere physical existence. As I say often, the body is biased on the side of life, of healing, of renewal. And guidance is an evidence of an inexplicable intuitive process. As Emerson says, the continuation of the divine force that made you in the first place. Abachant Georgi, twice noblest in physics and biology, set forth a principle which is very shocking to some because the scientific world has always accepted the idea of entropy. There's a gradual disintegration of matter. The universe is gradually running down. Things wear out. The body is depreciating, coming closer to the ultimate of what we call death. Abachant Georgi set forth the idea of syntropy, contrasting with entropy. Syntropy was a principle that dealt with the innate drive in living matter to perfect itself. There was something within that was always seeking to renew itself, to unfold, to grow, to overcome, to rise above. It's extremely interesting to me and inspiring that this concept would be set forth by a very distinguished scientist. In other words, we always have something going for us, no matter what you're doing. You have the whole universe on your side. If you can just accept it, believe it, and work with it. This essentially is what Easter is all about. Incidentally, Easter tells the story of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead after three days in the tomb. I have no problems with that. I'm willing to believe that there are dimensions of life that I don't understand. So I see this Easter experience as Jesus in his triumphant hour, passing the test, achieving his master's degree on the strength of the thesis of his life. This was not God living as a human person for a while, playing out a little drama to prove his power to the world. It was a person on the quest, a person working to demonstrate his divine potential, a person achieving the victory, the final overcoming. And the most exciting part is he was one of us. He made it. Just something to celebrate. Religion has so often been involved in symbologies and pictures that have been hard for us to accept in a true intellectual sense. A Sunday school teacher, we've been disturbed by the fact that it was difficult to get children to come to Sunday school and be involved in it seriously. He was attending service on Easter Sunday as he walked into the narthex of the church. He suddenly became aware of a figure that has always been there, a large angel with wings hanging to the floor and arms outstretched, blessing people. He looked at it objectively, and for the first time he saw something. He said to himself, how can we expect children to come to Sunday school if it involves believing in monstro anatomical monstrosities like that? Something about us has always been put in neutral when we've accepted such things in religion. We couldn't quite see them as a part of everyday experience. We couldn't accept it as something that went on in our work or in our relationships with people on the street. We accepted it as a part of religion, which has been sad because it's left us in a rather static condition. But fundamentally, Easter is the story of a symbol of the hidden genius within us all, the imminence of the resurrection principle at every turning of life's way. You can only be explained in terms of your potential, the perfect person that you can be. What are you? 
You are what you can be. That's the only answer to the question, what are you? You are what you can be. You always have that potential within you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Perhaps you've struggled over the theological Easter. I say, never mind. The important thing is that Easter proves that you can become what you innately are. Easter proclaims that there is a person of genius within every person limited by a self-image of mediocrity. We've been told that a genius is born, not made. That's true. What we've overlooked is that a person dies and is born again many times over in life. In fact, Paul says, I die daily. Whenever there's a change in character, there's a death and rebirth. There's a whole and perfect person within you who is constantly struggling for releasement. As one doctor says, sickness is struggling health. It's the whole body seeking to come out, to be released like the butterfly from a chrysalis. If you get into the spirit of Easter, really let it become alive in you. The stones of limitation progressively be rolled away from your tomb. See, the resurrection refers to consciousness, to various levels and stages in life. To be resurrected means to get out of the place where you are, get onto a higher plane. It's an awakening to freedom from false beliefs. Of course, it is a growth that takes place progressively, possibly over long periods of time. Many of us misunderstand this. We get so impatient, so anxious to achieve what we call perfection right here and now. It's something that works over a long period of time. But now is an excellent time to begin. Divinely important time for you. It's always seemed to me that there's a glaring weakness in the Christian tradition and symbolism and the emphasis on the cross. This may be a little shocking to some of you. I hope it is. I like to disturb people. Because unless you're disturbed and you're looking at the truth, it's not really touching you. It should be something within you that says, ouch. Something within you that says, aha, I see. The emphasis on the cross is the logo of the Christian movement. And it's very limiting. Because it keeps the focus on the Jesus' death and on the cross, dealing with it as a static situation. Rather than seeing a whole experience as a process which flows through the crucifixion the dark tomb, which should be seen as a tunnel with light at both ends. So there's a flowing through the tunnel and out in the dawning light of life in a transcendent perspective. Christian worship has been an emphasis on darkness and sin and death. And the faithful have often lived a life of continuous mourning, even dressing in black every day of the week. But if we really catch the meaning of Jesus and the importance of his life, is really relevant to experience to us, we see that Easter is not about tragedy and death, but about the victorious spirit in the indwelling Christ, which is dauntless in every time of trial. A young man in the TB sanatorium was feeling very discouraged, nothing to look forward to but the slow fading out of his life. A veteran inmate came into his room to cheer the man up. He said, remember, son, what you've got will never kill you if you keep it in your chest. But if you get it up here, tapping his temple. It's fatal. Worrying kills more patients than TB ever did. It was just the boost that this young man needed. The awareness that his dark tomb was a tunnel with light at both ends. Led to a realization that the whole experience was a growth process. It prevented him from hitching his ongoingness to a cross. This is what we all do, unconsciously. The cross was a torturous experience. Jesus obviously kept the cross on the outside. He didn't allow his spirit to become bound. He didn't allow it to get up here. 
I love the satirical wit of George Bernard Shaw, who says, they crucified him on a stick. We have the strange sensation that he got hold of the right end of it. He certainly did. That's the key to so much of our victory in life, getting hold of the right end of the cross of human experience. The Christian cross originally had a dynamic meaning, the symbol of overcoming, of victory, pointing to the empty tomb, the great demonstration of the resurrection principle. Through the ages, unfortunately, ages of what I call religious devolution, it became a symbol of tragedy and pain and humiliation. The simple cross was dying, was adorned with the figure of an emaciated Jesus, dying an agonizing death. Through the crucifix, the cross has become an object of worship. Christianity has lost its vitality in many ways because it has been hung up on the cross, which has led to viewing life through dark-colored glasses. In a more personal sense, many of us are hung up on the crosses that mark the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. These personal crosses mark the painful experiences of our past. Needed to let go of the cross, the emphasis on hurts and abuse. Stop crucifying yourself. Take constructive steps to forgive and forget and get on with your life. So much in our analysis of ourself that emphasizes these terrible things that have happened in our past. It's become almost a fad today to talk about how certain things in our past have scrambled our life. Parents who didn't love us, teachers who abused us. Talk so much about the abuse that took place. Nothing can take presence over the abuse that we give ourselves from day to day by holding on to these crosses. The cross of Christianity should point to the victorious spirit within every person. I wish we can rise triumphant over every trial. It's always seemed to me that a far more meaningful symbol of, or logo for Christianity might be taken from the tomb. It's open end. It emerges into light. The symbol could be a perfect circle of light, and the darkness and suffering would give way to the presence and power of God. Looking outward to form and tradition and ritual would be replaced by looking inward to oneness, looking forward in the confidence and growth of overcoming. It would be a looking forward to experiences in time and space, but it would be looking forward from a divine flow. Not looking forward to things, but looking forward from something, manifesting the divine self through us. It's extremely unlikely that my small voice would have much influence on the Christian tradition. The cross is here to stay, I'm sorry to say. By lovingly invite you to let go of the cross for yourself, replace it with a perfect circle of light. In a personal sense, may you cross out the negatives, both in your religion and in your states of mind. Your life may be an experience of marking those times of hurt and difficulty with your own crosses of mind, a kind of X marks the spot. Here and there and there and there are crosses all through our consciousness, things that have hurt us, disturbed us. Things that forever having to accommodate in consciousness with these crosses of the mind. So the answer is to let go of your crosses. Get the victorious conviction that you don't have to be hurt or angry by experiences. If you've been angry or hurt in the past, then don't resense them. The word resentment is a very dynamic word. Resentment, because it literally means resensing. You resent certain things that have happened in your life because you're constantly resensing them. Who's causing the hurt? Who's causing the crucifixion? Who's causing the pain and the suffering? You are. No matter what has been done back there, the problem for you now is resensing them, calling them up, going over them, going over your troubles and your crosses, almost like a crucifix, thinking about them one by one.
Let them go. Let go of the whole cross experience. Keep these things on the outside. As Shaw says, you can get hold of the stick from the right end. Even if you didn't at one time, you can today. You can start anew. It can become the means of vaulting you to an important high level of growth and achievement. The pilgrim on the road to Mecca is camped along the way at night, tired and downcast over the hardship of the journey and the dangers of the highwaymen. Suddenly a blinding light appeared, and a voice spoke to the man. Mecca is here. Mecca is now. This was shocking to this person because he'd been working so hard, giving so much time, spending so much money, and effort, emotion, and trying to get to Mecca for this great experience experience. The voice said, Mecca is now. Mecca is here. There is the road you're traveling on is the goal you're seeking. Now, where's the road going to lead? When are we going to get there? If you're on the road at all, you're there. Mecca is the road. Of the quality of the desire with which you're traveling the road. Truth is not just a goal at the end of the road. It is the road where you start right now. If you miss this point, your quest for truth becomes a frantic reaching for the end of the rainbow, coupled with the plaguing feeling that perhaps you haven't amassed a sufficient supply of truth to get you there. Mecca is here. Mecca is now. Symbolizing the goals and aspirations that we all have for ourselves, things we'd like to work out in relationships in our job, in our physical body, in our general outlook on life. I hope we can get there. I often hear of true students say, I'm pressing on, but it's so hard. Will I ever get to that realization? If you can see yourself as on the road now, taking hold of the concept that study is a constant process of getting yourself involved with the deep truths of spirit, you may not realize them all yet. You may not understand them. You may not have the consciousness of them, as we so often say. But if you're on the road, you're there. You'd have to grow and discipline yourself and expand and become more conscious of the truth. But the whole thing is not somewhere you're going to get a deeper awareness of where you are. Mecca is here and Mecca is now. So look carefully at that tomb of Easter. See it perhaps as a chrysalis that has released its butterfly. But don't look at the tomb. Look through it. Because the tomb, as in all the tragedies of life, is a tunnel that has light at both ends. Take a brief drifting of a cloud across the road we travel on through which we pass from sunlight to sunlight. From light to light. When you go into some dark period of your life, it seems you come out of the light into the darkness. Put so much emphasis on the darkness. So sad, so tragic. Why does this happen to me? Why so much darkness? Why so much pain? The important thing, like the man in the TV sanitarium, he came to realize the experience was a process, a tunnel that had light at both ends. Unfortunately, we allow the negativity to get hold of us. We get into a dark experience, we think of it as the end of everything. So often we say to ourselves, will I ever see light again? Will my problems ever end? Will I ever be able to go on to live a dynamic life? It's because we're so conscious of the dead-end street of the tunnel. The tunnel is a light, the experience that has light at both ends. Believe that. Get you, put your perspective toward the open end of the tunnel and see the light and move toward it and through it. 
In imagery, you might even hold a tunnel up as a telescope if you want to do something that's uh, naive. See the tomb, not as something that's static, as a sad, serious place of grief and hopelessness. See it as a telescope, lift it up, look through it, through the light at both ends, from the light to the light. See the light of the new healing, new demonstration of good, overcoming in your life. Seeing through this experience obviously implies letting go of the cross, letting go of the X marks the spot of the tragedies of your life, the things that have happened to you, letting them all go, seeing through this telescopic sight to the life of great good. The goal you seek is not somewhere in the future mystical experience. Mecca is here, Mecca is now. The greatness of life is at hand within you, waiting only your willingness and commitment to open out a way once the imprisoned splendor may escape. So we can round out the whole experience and start as we commenced. Keep in your heart the green bow of expectancy and the vision of genius within you. You will come one day to stay a singing bird. Thank you to be still for a moment with me. Important part of this stillness, turning your thoughts within yourself. I want us to experience something here that we've been doing as a latter part of our service through the months of this year. We call it a circle of light meditation. We're going to do it now instead of at the close of the hour. First of all, I want you to entertain a simple image. We talked of entropy and syntropy. Entropy is best described and defined and pictured. It's a funny little character in Al Cap's comic strip, Jobit Fisk. Remember this character had a dark cloud over his head. He spread entropy wherever he went. He spread gloom, negativity. Why don't you think of Jobit Fisk for a moment because he gives us something to contrast. But the concept of syntropy is that which is renewing, unfolding, rising above, resurrecting. The universe is constantly expanding, growing outward. Our lives are on that same expanding course. And contrasting that funny little character with a cloud over his head, See yourself as a light radiating from you. Not only the light over your head, but the light surrounding you, a circle of light. When you project yourself in consciousness through the tunnel experience of your human difficulties to the light at the other end, move through this experience you no longer see the light. You see from the light. That's the reality of the circle of light. Radiance of light that streams out from you in all directions. And you bring light wherever you go. So in your imagery now, see yourself rising out of the tunnel of confusion and of darkness 
with the crosses of human limitation behind you, set aside, moving forward in the light as the light. Just see yourself walking through your world today. See yourself walking through your home with light radiating from you, touching every corner of every room, every person in the home. See yourself walking into your work, your place of business, and light radiating into every corner of your office, of your shop, your outreaching business activities. See yourself walking the streets of the city, the light of protection and peace and wholeness and love radiating from you, bringing newness to the life of the city. See yourself walking through the halls of government, light streaming from you in all directions, touching the administrators, the politicians, the legislators, the executives, bringing harmony and adjustment and order all the affairs of our government. See yourself walking through the highways and the byways of this great nation. Bring light wherever you go. Light of hope. Light of healing. Light of overcoming. Light that touches into the heart of the addict, the alcoholic, the person involved in criminality. This light streaming all over, touching all persons. Wherever you go in consciousness, you bring this light and see yourself walking around the world on all sides of every issue, all sides of internal disputes in nations and disputes between nations. See the light, blessing, healing, bringing peace and protection to all persons everywhere. See yourself walking through the areas of the world where there is an evidence of hunger, confusion in the distribution of goods. See this light reaching out, bringing hope, fulfillment, right adjustment, manifestation of fulfillment for all persons. See yourself settling once again into your comfortable, dynamic experience of life today, rejoicing in the realization You've been a part of a living resurrection, a channel for the expression of something good coming forth to all the world. Your life is made meaningful because of this consciousness. Rejoice in it. Give thanks for it. Mecca is here. Mecca is now. So be it. In the great celebration of peace, dong, bong, 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 bong. The promise of peace and freedom on earth for all persons in the decade to come. We stood and felt that consciousness, the energy from that sense of oneness. I'd like you to feel that with me now. Let's be still. Through our imaging faculty, we can do many great things. Just imagine now, we're out of doors. 
You're holding hands in a great circle. You ever stop to think how big a circle this would be? Just 350 people made a circle. So far, you could hardly hear from one end to the other. Just imagine how big this circle would be if all of us held hands together in a circle. I'm going to take this bell, ring it gently, and pass it on to the person next to us. Get the feeling of that bell tingling as it goes around the circle. Eventually it comes to you. Take hold of the bell, shake it, ding-a-ling, and pass it on to the one next to you. See it going around the circle. Get the sense of hearing way up in the distance the bell ringing across the circle. As you go round and round, passing on the bell, we've all had a chance to ring the bell, to place our energy in the dynamics of the whole. We want to see this circle that's surrounding the whole globe, this great blue planet, which we call Earth. The bell symbolizing the vibration of our consciousness our faith in the ultimate peace of the world. Out of time, not in space, but in consciousness. Visualize a sense of hearing great bells, like the bells of Westminster Abbey or some cathedral. Bong, bong, bong. The bell ringing joyously to celebrate this consciousness of peace. We see this peace, not as the world giveth, as Jesus said, but such as I have, I give unto you, the peace of my consciousness, the peace of love, the peace of being centered at the still point, peace that comes not so much from what you have, what you'd like to have, but what you are. What you are is your gift to the universe. You give what you have as the dingling of one bell, the vibration of your consciousness. This peace, which passes all understanding, goes forth from this place today, surrounding to all the world. And the world is just a little better, a little richer, a little finer, a little more stable, because of what you are this moment. Rejoice in that. Because as you give of yourself, you add much to the peace and stability of the world. So we look ahead to the decade of years, traveling around the circle, around the spiral, going over the same experiences, but on a higher level of consciousness. See something very beautiful and very positive in consciousness. See that we're constantly going through those moments that we call New Year's, crossing the threshold from 1159 to 1201. We're always doing that. Move from moment to moment, experience to experience, from day to day, from year to year. 
moving on into the new decade and with faith laying hold of the tremendous new vision we come to the end of this decade to cross the threshold into a new millennium can your vision reach that far remember the prescription rise up in a new sense of aspiration new dedication new discipline We will ever be in the midst of newness and freshness and peace as you keep your consciousness stayed on God. Praise God for this image. Praise God for a stirring up of faith within us to behold and see peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So be it.